So we've been speaking about <coughs> being mindful of the body and of the mind and a little bit just touching on feeling and uh, the importance of cultivating wisdom Also, we need to bring in the importance of cultivating the heart and of, of uh, the heart qualities. So the, the Buddha's teaching really brings together the, the wisdom aspect that sees the emptiness of all things, the constant changing nature of all things, the impermanence of all things, and the, the compassionate aspect, which is relating to um, well, different aspects of, of actually being here as uh, sentient beings, as, as separate beings. And uh, sometimes people ask, you know, when we were last night the talk about, uh, as Sutta was speaking about self and not self, and sometimes when we, we start to teach meditation practice, people say, well, how can you have metta for yourself and others if there's no self? It doesn't make sense. So that's, uh, that's the limitations of the thinking mind. So we, uh, so metta or uh, benevolence is the word I like to use for it. Benevolence is, is a quality. It's a quality that doesn't actually discern self and other. It's not uh, too relevant. And uh, compassion is also a quality. There's a little bit more of a sense of self and other in comp compassion because when we know how difficult it is to be here, we can more easily have compassion for, for others. If our life is always uh, comfortable and pleasant and delightful and we're, we're well and healthy and all's going well, it's harder to have compassion for others. Or, and also if we have very high expectations of life, then instead of having compassion for others, we have annoyance at life not being the way we think it should be. So uh, compassion comes from opening to the dukkha of this experience of one's own experience, and then understanding the dukkha of others. And then mudita, the uh, appreciative joy, that's the, the feeling we get when we see the, the good fortune of others, or see others enjoying themselves, or well, happy, successful, healthy, what, regardless of how things are for us. It's uh, the opposite to jealousy. Envy, and then upeka, the uh, the broad view, the seeing that uh, seeing the whole picture, that pleasure and pain are part of the uh, package when we're born, and we'll experience. You know, success and failures in our life, and they'll be in happiness and sorrow, 
and role in our experience, times of abundance perhaps, of gain, and times of loss, and that's just how it is. Whatever is gained must be lost at some point. That's just how it is. We've got to let it all go at some point. So Upeka, or the equanimity, knows that, is, is peaceful with that, and it's not thrown around by the ups and downs of life. It knows that that's the nature of things. So there are many different uh, meditations out there for these practices, particularly for metta. Metta seems to get the most uh, attention. And the metta practice is a, is a way in. So if we can practice metta, then it's, it sort of opens the way for those other three uh, qualities to develop quite easily. And um, in the, in the early teachings, in the Buddha's teachings, there are two quite simple meditation practices around metta, metta practice. And then there's the metta sutta also, which we'll chant at some point on the retreat, which is pointing to the qualities to develop and the, 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 the places to be restrained. For one who um, it says, for one who is skilled in goodness, or for one who is cultivating the way. So in the early scriptures, the, the Buddha uh, doesn't go into a metta for oneself and metta for others, in, in a very specific way, but he says, um, in, a, in a more general way, just as there's metta to this being here, then there is metta to all beings. So the the uh, list of you know, uh, dear one and uh, indifferent one and enemy and so on. It, that's a later commentary, and it's a useful scheme. I've used it a fair bit myself. It's a useful scheme, but it, I like to introduce the the more early teaching on metta. So you may have a particular style that you're used to and, uh, and you, uh, if you have a particular way you're used to practicing metta, you can start with that. So it's like we get it kind of kicked off, because you always got to get, it's like, I always think it's a bit like an ignition, you know, you've got to get it lit, that metta, and then once it's lit, then it can start to glow and radiate. So if you need to use your usual practice to get it started then you can do that and, and if not then I'm going to just suggest a way that I use. So we find a, a posture for meditation. And we feel the support of the ground beneath us. And we're aware that we're in a room with, with others who are dedicated to harmlessness and cultivation of the Dhamma.
and we're aware of the space above and around us and this beautiful environment that's holding us for this retreat. And if you find it helpful, you can touch your heart center. And then bring to mind someone or something that just makes your heart smile. It can be a creature or a place or a person or a, even just a, someone you don't know, a little kid with an ice cream or a, I like to think <coughs> of dogs running on a beach, wagging their tails, makes my heart smile. So whatever works for you, that just, it's just like that ignition that just gets the heart, that touches your heart. And just stay with that image for a few moments. Let it warm you. And you can also, at the same time, you can be aware of your breath. So every in-breath, your chest is expanding. And every out-breath, it's relaxing and letting go. So there's room to receive the, the, the uh, warmth and the spaciousness of this quality of metta. And if you have that, I see a few on a few people's faces that you connected with that benevolence. So you can then let go of that image and just stay with the energy, with the quality of metta. And just with each breath, you can invite it to grow a little, spread a little. It's important to stay with the intention of cultivating this quality. If our mind wanders off, it's like uh, we're taking the fuel from, the, from that little pilot light. 
So we need to keep it steady. Just let that quality spread throughout your body. Let every cell be touched. And the particular quality of metta is that it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't mind what it warms, what it touches. There's no, there's no need to be worthy. Worthiness doesn't come into the picture. It's just like the sun radiating, warming. So with each breath, we're bringing more of the fuel of attention to this quality. Letting it spread throughout your body. Healing. Accepting. Just keep that, let that radiance keep going. So it doesn't have to stay within your body shape. It's like a sphere that just keeps radiating outwards. So we don't limit it. And we don't force it. We just keep bringing that fuel of attention to this quality. And if there's anger or pain, <coughs> the metta just washes through that. There are no obstacles to metta.
We keep letting that quality radiate out, touching the people around us. Just radiating in all directions, like a sphere, going into the earth, to the space between us and above us. Now focusing our attention a little bit more, we put particular attention on this metta as it radiates in front of us. So to whoever, whatever is in front of us, letting the metta shine. And that can be a little way, an inch or two. It can be filling this room, or it can be going out into the far reaches of the cosmos, or anywhere in between. So that everything in front of us is pervaded by this quality of metta. Calls no boundaries.
And now, adding to that, being aware of behind you, letting the quality of metta radiate from your heart center through your body, behind you, radiating out as far as it wants to go. And then to your left, just letting that same quality radiate out to your left. Going as far as it wants to go. So now it's radiating all around you, through you, going out as far as it wants to go. your head, so letting that metta radiate up from your heart centre, up through your body and out, filling that space above you, pervading everything above you.
And finally below, again starting from your heart centre, letting that quality of metta radiate down through your body and into the earth. Now that metta is radiating in all directions, as far as it wants to go. And with each breath, we bring a little more fuel to that metta. So that its warmth and radiance can just go out, touching this being, and everything around it.
breath can help us to stay steady and present with the heart center, the wellspring of matter. Sometimes uh, people think that you know, cultivating metta is there's something wrong, you know, it should be just this natural thing that arises when the conditions are right. But uh, the Buddha did very clearly encourage us to cultivate the Brahma Viharas. And uh, you know, sometimes in the beginning it can take a bit of work, they don't, it doesn't come easily for some. And, uh, but it's very, very uh, worthwhile. It, putting the energy into cultivating the heart. If we only stay in the mind, you know, the mind can fail us at some point. And it's also it's a little bit too safe to always stay up in the mind. It's a little aloof. So it's important that we come down into the heart space. And, uh, and the metta practice is the most sort of uh, soothing, in a way, of, of the, all of the four Brahmaviharas. So we start with it soothes our own heart and, and kind of brings a smile to our own heart and then uh, shares that beautiful quality with others. And I like to think of, for me, when I'm practicing with the breath and metta, it really does start to feel like a wellspring, like the metta wells up from the heart. And there's, there's water enough for everyone or there's warmth enough for everyone and everything. Uh, but if it's not cultivated, then the heart tends to close down. And uh, you know, there are things that hurt us in life, or ways we think about ourselves that are not uh, great. And so then the, the heart starts to close down. So it's really important to put energy into opening the heart, steadily, uh, in, as a practice. And the more we do that, the more we find we can access it quite naturally, it, it arises at unexpected moments. Okay, so we're going to go onto the walking path now. And you can take the metta with you. And at some point it will stop. It's, uh, it's conditioned. We have, to, we have to work at it. It's a conditioned state. But it's a good one. So uh, we have to, you know, if, if you don't pay attention, it will, it will fade away. And that's okay too. But then you can know that you know, there's an opportunity to cultivate it or to, or to let it fade away and just see, see what happens. You know, what happens when it's, it's not nourished, what happens when it is nourished. And uh, for those of you who are in the afternoon uh, practice interviews, uh, groups, 
group practice discussions. This is the time. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.